Hawaii party people. It's Tavern Talk. I call this one Ode to an Old Friend. There was a time when I was a freshman at Allentown College, St. Francis de Sales, now called the Sales University. I was a buddy there. Let's just call him the All-American Go-Getter. Now, I might have been a shadowy, lonesome, drunk, and suicidal misfit. But if Hobbes is the halfway house between the scholasticism of Aquinas and the deconstructionist tendencies after Nietzsche, House 2 actually next the in, crack, then, Derrida, weir. Heidegger observed that something awful was happening to the human race. He said that language was being emptied of anything but utilitarian purposes. He identified this condition variously as the night of being, or the night of the world. It's impossible not to connect this spiritual desolation with what Andre Gregory called a global totalitarian government based on money. If you haven't seen my dinner with Andre, see it. If you have seen it, go watch it again. Our critique began as all critiques begin, with doubt. Doubt became our narrative. Ours was a quest for a new story, our own. And we grasped toward this new history driven by the suspicion that ordinary language couldn't quite tell it. Our past appeared frozen in the distance, and our every gesture and accent signified the negation of the old world and the reach for a new one. The way we lived created a new situation, but one of exuberance and friendship, and that of a subversive micro-society in the heart of a society which largely ignored it. This is traditional thinking for a young man, a young man with vaguely apprehended and coed idea of doing something, not quite sure what, having to do with art, wanting to change something, and feeling the need to express himself, although not quite sure what that is. Art was not the goal, but the occasion and the method for locating our specific rhythm and buried possibilities. See, the discovery of a true communication was what it was all about, or at least the quest for such a communication. The adventure of finding it and losing it. We, the unappeased, the unaccepting, continued looking. That's my son Jack, he's 67 days old. And we were filling in the silences with our own wishes, fears, and fantasies. Driven forward by the fact that no matter how empty the world seemed, no matter how degraded and used up the world appeared to us, we knew that anything was possible. And given the right circumstances, a new world was just as likely as an old one. This is attractive thinking. And 20 years after, once in a while, I still feel the unbridled optimism and enthusiasm that I once had. It's attractive. I think there are two types of sufferers in this world. Those who suffer from a lack of life and those who suffer from an abundance of it. I've always found myself in the second category. When you come to think of it, almost all human behavior and activity is not essentially any different from animal behavior. The most advanced technologies and craftsmanships bring us, at best, up to the super chimpanzee level. Actually, the gap between, say, Plato or Nietzsche and the average human is greater than the gap between that chimpanzee and the average human. In the realm of the spirit, the true artist, the saint, the philosopher is rarely achieved. Why so few? Why is world history and evolution not stories of progress, but rather this endless and futile addition of zeros. No greater values have developed. Hell, the Greeks 3,000 years ago were just as advanced as we are. So what are these barriers that keep people from reaching their true potential? We're anywhere near it. I guess the answer to that one could be found in another question, and that's this. What's the most universal human characteristic? Fear or laziness? 
And these are the thoughts of youth. I'm almost 40 now. These thoughts don't occur to me on a day-to-day basis. Most of my mental landscape and real estate is taken up with the building and tract housing of things like I need to get milk or I wonder what we're going to have for dinner tonight or do we need to get gas? These are small thoughts. And I have to tell you, they're really comfortable ones. There are thoughts like a pair of slippers. Smelly and old, worn, but they're not challenging. And I have to say, being a father of two and living in the nice, safe suburbs, Pennsylvania, way better. I wouldn't go back to my youth for any amount of money. And I mean any amount. <laughs> I remember the gleams and glooms that dart across the schoolboy's brain. The song and the silence in the heart. That, in part, are prophecies, and in part, are longings wild and vain. And the voice of that fitful song sings on and is never still. Hear this, Jack. A boy's will is the wind's will, and the thoughts of youth are long, long thoughts. Naughty lumps of guilt and self hatred, hatred and restless need to burn and burn and burn. Hold fast, it'll calm down, and it always gets better. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Chuck Barrish at the very end of it. Get three guys on a stage, have them live their lives. Whoever makes it to the end of their life doesn't kill themselves, gets a refrigerator. Amen. Happy New Year. Hope 2019 is treating you well. Hope it's full of blessings, good health, and good cheer.